Hello and welcome to the Daily Zen Podcast. My name is Charlie Embler, creator of Daily Zen. Daily Zen lives at twitter.com slash daily zen, thedailyzen.org, medium.com slash at daily zen. And there's now a premium version of Daily Zen where I post extra weekly podcast episodes, thought exercises, and essays at patreon.com slash daily zen. This is this week's free episode of the podcast where I answer questions and address topics posted by you on Twitter. This week I'm going to focus on a tweet that I posted earlier in the week that someone asked me to expand upon. The tweet was, work and life are the same thing. Don't devote half your time to something you hate. Uh, A simple sentiment, one often repeated by self-help gurus and people in positions of privilege that are allowed to say such things because they figured out ways to do what they love as their work, myself included. I run a small business that I started from the ground up when I first finished college. I run Daily Zen on the side, and that business is very rewarding. It allows me to have a creative output. It allows me to have a certain degree of financial and temporal freedom, and it provides a lot of value in my life where when I was once working in office jobs and internships and things like that, I was feeling a lack and and felt a real rift between my personal time and my work time and made a made a decision and a and a pact with myself that I was going to try to avoid having to do that and that I was going to try to fuse my work and my life into one and prevent work from becoming shitty and prevent my life from becoming a mere reprieve from my work. So that's where I'm coming from with that sentiment. For a lot of people I know that it's very difficult and and sensitive topic to discuss work, to discuss the idea of having to make ends meet when you have various obligations and supporting a family and supporting a life that you've built. But I think it's important for us to examine what we do with our time, how we spend our time, how we spend each moment, each day, each week, each month, what we choose to devote our energy to, and to realize that there's no separation between what we do for work and what we do for life. Very often we spend more time at work than we do at home or with our families, and it's important to really understand and to find the confidence and the strength to realize that what we do with our time matters, how we devote ourselves to our own lives matters, how we show up to things matters, and how we feel about what we do is very important. And I think when we look back and we think about the ways we spend our time, if we take the easy road and we devote ourselves to something that's secure and comfortable, we often feel a sense of regret because there's so many things that we can do and it doesn't mean you have to do something stereotypical like become an artist or a musician or whatever you can you can find creative ways to spend your time that don't involve having to separate your life into two halves essentially in zen we talk about the middle way which is this this point in between sort of like a hegelian synthesis for anyone who likes western philosophy where we have dualistic points of view, we have good and bad, zero and one, happy and sad, etc., darkness and lightness, and we find a place in between. We find this gray area where sort of the balance of nature hangs, where everything is is balanced out by its opposite, its equal and opposite reaction, essentially. And I love the overlap between Eastern philosophy and Western science and philosophy in this regard, because we see in the natural world that everything that happens has a reaction, an equal and opposite reaction. That's just the simplest Newtonian 
thing that even people like me who don't understand physics can repeat and understand that 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 has meaning and we can observe it in the world we can observe it in our own lives in our personal lives and in our work lives and so that allows us to remember that every everything we do every single thing we think every every tiny little action we do has a reaction it has something that bounces back very often the the bounce back is minor and insignificant because our actions are minor and insignificant and we're not talking about any sort of grandiose thing here but it's important to recognize that everything that we devote our attention to comes back to us in some way this is the fundamental principle not only of western you know this this western physical principle but it's also if you go back thousands of years very much a center a central part of the eastern canon of zen of buddhism taoism hinduism there's a duality that we recognize and there's a balance in the center specifically in buddhism where we realize that the the least suffering the least anguish the least pain the least confusion the least delusion exists in that balance in the center not in any extreme and not in clinging to any one thing at the expense of something else because everything we try to cling to comes back at us in the form of its opposite you know so if you cling to for example progressive values that comes back to you because whenever you see anything in the natural world or in reality that counters those values you feel a sense of hatred you feel a sense of closeness you feel a sense of con contrariness and combativeness that goes against your own proclamation of your own values if you have a conservative attitude for example to take the other side you see anything that happens in the world that's that's progressive as being contrary to your own beliefs as being a an sort of adversary force against what you want despite the fact that everything in life is is related to change and things are constantly changing and humans don't cause that change it's sort of just a fact of nature and to try to keep things in one state for any period of time is going to cause just as much backlash as trying to make things change for any period of time because things are constantly both unchanging and in a constant state of flux so if we take any ideology and we examine it from this middle way point of view we see that clinging too fervently to any one side or any one belief causes us suffering and causes us pain and confusion because in life in nature and in reality there's always a bounce back there's always something else coming in the in the background regardless of what's in the foreground so when you're happy it's the result of overcoming often some sort of sadness or some sort of challenge when you're sad it's often the result of a letdown from some sort of expectation of happiness or a disappointment or something like that or reality not matching your wishes you can extrapolate on that however you wish but in this regard we have this all of these extremes that are constantly coming at us and when we don't cling at them we can exist in this balance but when we do cling at them we come we we fall off balance we start to exist out of harmony with nature and we experience suffering and difficulty and confusion so when we separate our lives into this dualistic idea of work and life our normal life and then our work life we experience that that frisson that uh friction between what we want to do what we think we have to do and what gives us the ability to do what we want and so it's important to to realize that your time can be spent any way you choose that it must often feel as if when people are saying that it's easier said and done to make your work life and your life life one that it's too hard to 
quit your job or it's too hard to mend your relationship with your boss or your relationships with coworkers or to go through the liminal difficult period in which you have to figure out how to make ends meet before you have a stable business if you're trying to start a business. There's all these different things. But it's more so a matter of seeing our lives in a different way, of recognizing that even if we feel stuck somewhere, it doesn't mean that we have to quit or that we have to make some sort of radical change in our lives. Sometimes it just means changing our mindset about what we're doing, how we're doing it, and that can often make a situation better because it changes our intentions, it changes our ideas about what we're doing, it makes us more confident, it makes us more interested, and it makes us more engaged, and that shines through in our work and it is oftentimes rewarded. So the same way in a social situation, if you're stuck with a grudge or a sense of hatred or a sense of alienation or difficulty, in work situations people often get stuck in these ruts where they don't like their coworkers or they feel alienated from them, they hate their boss, they feel like they're not getting paid enough, they feel like they're not getting recognized, and all of these beliefs shine through in this minor chip-on-the-shoulder syndrome in which people come across as if they feel that they're inadequate, as if they feel that something's missing, and that's a surefire way to not get the things that, that we want. And it's not saying that everything that happens to us is our own fault or whatever. Of course, there's plenty of things that happen that we can't control. There's lots of things that have been set in motion in the past, either by us or by others, that, that force us to conform to certain circumstances. But we would be fooling ourselves and we would be making fools of ourselves if we didn't remember that we have the ability to change things, that we have the ability to reflect on what we're doing, to try to see it in a new light, to try to do it more mindfully, to try to do it with more interest and more diligence and more care, and to try to appreciate what we have, maybe. Sometimes the thing is not that that our lives are inherently bad or that our work lives are inherently bad or our life lives are inherently that better than our work lives. It's more so that we've spent our entire lives creating this separation and this duality between what we do when we're on the clock and what we do when we're off the clock. And that creates that relationship between those two things. And so we can't feel relief until we're done working and we can't feel upset or or dread until we're about to go to work. It's sort of the, the weekday weekend syndrome where we're, we're perpetually stuck in these states of wanting to leave and wanting to go. And to try to overcome the that sort of duality is very difficult because we've spent our entire lives devoting ourselves to it and working for it. And then we finally get there and we go, oh, well, this isn't quite what I expected it to be. But through a reflective practice and through our meditation practice and through really getting down to the bottom of things and inquiring about ourselves, getting to know ourselves, understanding our true strengths and our true weaknesses, understanding what we really want out of life, we can find a way to reorient ourselves either in our current jobs or in whatever change we decide to make in our lives to fit those natural conditions that exist within us. And we can't know those until we try to examine them and observe them. And I think that's the relationship between work and spirituality is that sometimes when we've spent 10 years in a certain mindset that might not be in tune with who we actually are or what we actually want or with reality, we set all these things into motion that are now in motion. And it's hard to take, you can't immediately just stop all of those things. You can't take the forces that are at work and just halt them while you figure out everything. So it's this slow process of uncovering more and more of yourself, of getting back to whatever your true mindset is and understanding your actual 
desires and motivations, maybe overcoming certain ambitions that are unrealistic, maybe overcoming certain desires for material things that don't actually make you happy. I know a lot of people with great jobs who feel unhappy in their in their work lives despite having it all, so to speak, because they they don't you know, having it all alone doesn't make you happy. Having it all coupled with a sense of gratitude and uh, appreciation and the ability to devote your time meaningfully to what you're doing is, of course, a wonderful life. But having it all and feeling as if you're sacrificing your life to have it all is not. And so all of these questions, all of these ideas are things that we can confront ourselves about the same way if we were having a a confusion or a difficulty with a friend, we would confront them and say, hey, what's going on? We can look within ourselves and understand ourselves better and get to know all of these things. And with that information and that knowledge, which has a very strong conviction behind it because it has to do with ourselves, first of all, and also because we acquire it through a very rigorous process of reflection and self-inquiry, we can then apply that to our lives. So, when I say that work and life are the same thing, don't devote half your time to something you hate, I think that should be obvious. We shouldn't devote our time to things we hate. That makes us hate our lives, and that's a waste of our time. And there's nothing worse, really, than that. And so any consequence that comes from that rift in, uh, in recognizing yourself and changing your circumstances is ultimately not as harmful as staying in a situation that's harmful to you, staying in a situation that's spiritually destructive or confusing or overly chaotic or overly difficult. And that doesn't mean that we should take every challenge and shrink away into ourselves and say, oh, I'm not going to deal with this because it's not in, in tune with who I actually am. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say that we can approach challenges more realistically and we can approach our lives more realistically when we're really, really radically honest with ourselves about what we want, what we're doing, what we're good at, what we're bad at, how we relate to others, what we value in others, and what we value in our lives. And it's simple in theory, but in practice, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of getting down to the bottom of what you think, what, you, what your true values are, your true beliefs, and really probing into yourself to figure these things out. I think a meditation practice combined with a journaling practice or combined with a writing practice or some really intimate, valuable conversations with friends, family, loved ones can help with this if you are experiencing that sort of difficulty. I think at times we all experience it because we live in this modern world in which everyone has to make certain sacrifices in order to get what is socially acceptable or to get what they want or to get what they think they want or even to just get by. We all have to make these strange sacrifices to the the gods of money and power and all of these things. And life wasn't always like this, but it also had its own challenges back when people were plowing fields and, and being stonemasons and shaping swords and stuff like that. Life has never been easy, and it's not work that sucks. It's life that sometimes sucks, and if we can learn from the periods of suckiness so as to inform everything else with more of a sense of reality and a sense of how things work and a humility and a sense of gratitude, we can progress faster and we can appreciate our lives and and really get down to the bottom of what we want and how we should be spending our time. Because before you know it, the time is gone and years go by and you go, oh man, I should have just, I really should have just done that. You know, I mean, if I, when I think to when I, started my business and how how slowly it started and how I was just so excited by starting it to because I was so young I was just so excited 
to start it that I wasn't thinking about the fact that it was that it was going so slowly. And if I hadn't had the the gratitude and the mental acceptance, I happened to be luckily practicing. It was just when I was starting to practice a lot and reading a lot of this stuff and working really hard on the side at Daily Zen that I realized that I was I was appreciative for what I was doing. I was enjoying it. I was getting a lot of excitement out of it precisely because it was so risky. And when you look back at that sort of thing and you're trying to advise someone, even maybe someone who's way older than me, who's experiencing a sense of regret or dissatisfaction about their work or life life, I, you know, I can't give the sort of advice that a wise old man can give, but I can give the advice that you, we should always be taking risks. We should always be living in that, in that uncertainty because uncertainty is the rule. Uncertainty isn't the exception. It's not the thing that comes after. The thing that comes after, if we ignore uncertainty and we ignore risk and we ignore really, really getting down to the truth and being sincere and honest with ourselves, the thing that comes later is regret and dissatisfaction and confusion. So if we do that work now and we can accept what we have and accept where we are and either make the most of it or make a change that will allow us to make the most of our gifts and the most of ourselves, then we'll be truly grateful for that later on. And that only compounds over time into more gratitude and more acceptance and more peacefulness and more excitement, which is the recipe, I think, for a happy life, not money, not power, not progress or any of this stuff. The, the recipe is to, to see what you're doing, to do it, and to really feel satisfied with it, to be, to be content and to be honest with yourself and say, this is a good use of my time. And if you look at what you're doing and you say, this isn't a good use of my time, the, the strongest and the most valuable thing you can do for yourself and for everything else in your life is to change it. And when we practice this spiritual practice, we meditate, we read these books, we go on Twitter and read all the quotes, quotes that I post or listen to these podcasts, you're saying to yourself, not that you're dissatisfied with your life right now, but that you're open to change. You're open to growth. You're open to understanding and you want to devote your attention to something more meaningful than just distracting yourself or feeling stuck or feeling sorry for yourself or whatever. So that's part of the, the journey where you're already a step ahead, basically. And it's just important to to really have that conversation with yourself and to know what you want and to know what you believe and maybe to have some valuable conversations with others so that you can understand yourself from another point of view. I enjoyed recently reading Ray Dalio's book, Principles. It's very repetitive and it's written very much in the language of a financier, of course, because that's what he is. But the guy has this philosophy of uh, radical transparency that he calls it, where he's always encouraged all of his employees to be completely honest, to be confrontational, to understand what they're good at, what they're bad at, to not sugarcoat anything when giving people feedback, and to not tell people to sugarcoat anything when giving others feedback. And that results in a, a workplace in which, ideally, even if it's a highly competitive and difficult workplace, uh, it results in a environment in which everyone's able to know each other, everyone's able to understand each other, understand what someone's good at, what someone's bad at, to relate accordingly and to be more in tune with nature than in tune with these lofty ideals and these lofty delusions and perceptions of one another that are often false, of course. And I learned, I, I, I felt affirmed in, in reading that because I'm not in the finance world. I'm not even really in the any sort of high business world. I just run a, a small business, an e-commerce business. But 
when on an individual basis, if you apply that philosophy to yourself and you're radically honest with yourself and radically transparent, as he would like to say, and you really, you really take note of your track record of what you're good at, of what you're bad at, how you make decisions, how you interact with other people, how you see yourself, how you see the world, all of this stuff, the more you can reflect and the more you can know that, the better you will be at setting your intentions, at setting your goals, at acting, working, living, having relationships, pretty much everything. And that's why our meditation practice changes our lives because the meditation practice without us even having to actively inquire into ourselves, just sitting with ourselves and getting to know our thoughts and seeing how our mind works and seeing how crazy it can be helps us know ourselves. And the only people who I think can really feel content and satisfied with themselves are those who know themselves, who accept themselves, and who make the most of, of what they have. And that's the ultimate lesson, I think. And so I hope that you will share your reactions and reflections. And if you like what I do on this podcast, uh, please become a premium subscriber at patreon.com slash dailyzen. And I will be back next week. I'll probably be back actually before Friday with a another essay, but I'll be back next week with another podcast. So thank you for listening.